It's episode 43 of the Christmas edition on this episode of the Indie Ball Report podcast. Back again, episode 43, the Christmas show, the holiday special, if you would. Holiday spectacular, really. Exactly. We're better than the Rockettes. Oh, yeah. We don't really have too much on the docket today. It was kind of a scrape in the barrel, as it were, for topics, so it's going to be a quicker show. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, holiday season. I'm sure you have other things to be doing than listening to two chuckleheads talk about independent league baseball. You know, I'd like to think of myself as a strategic chucklehead, but you know, hey. I mean, you know, whatever makes you sleep at night. (laughs) any case, we'll jump in with a couple of topics here. It's really just talking about the whole minor league fiascos. That's taking another turn. Uh, And some other smaller kind of uh, off-season stories. Maybe a little bit of talk on the Myers, but that may get bumped to next week. But that's all we basically got. So we'll jump right in with Indie Ball at the Winter Meeting. So... A lot of updates. Uh, during the course of the past uh, couple weeks, we've seen these meetings, the discussions between uh, minor league baseball and affiliate minor league baseball, that is, and uh, Commissioner of Baseball, Rob Manfred, go public. Manfred didn't like this because, obviously, uh, it doesn't really help his cause that much. It didn't really garner much support. So now he's not looking, not looking too hot, as it were. No, uh, old Rob was not very happy with everything that's going on. Obviously, this week he uh, is saying, you know, some some pretty outrageous things uh, in terms of independent leagues and uh, minor league baseball, and was very angry, as you said, uh, that many people found out about. Uh, you know, minor league baseball kind of getting hounded and harassed, really, by major league baseball, and it's like a shocker to him to to Rob Manfred that the major uh, minor league baseball aren't. Uh, are, are unhappy that he is, uh, you know, taking away teams and leagues, and it's uh, it's crazy. Yep. So let's just kind of give everyone a catch up re- refresher on everything. So Manfred's not a, not happy that everything went public. We, that's pretty much known. That's what we've been saying. So then he called what made minor league baseball was talking for unreasonable, and then they wanted the status quo. Now, obviously, they'd want that. That's been helping them so far, and it seems like a fair enough deal. If anything in Major League Baseball's favor, because all Major League Baseball really does is pay the salaries and allows them to use their branding and their logo and that kind of thing. So I suppose the brand has a decent amount of value when you put it up there, especially when you compare, you know, different minor leagues and whatnot. Oh, yeah. So that I think it's a pretty fair trade-off at the moment. MILB said a lot of what Manfred's saying is demonstrably false and inaccurate, which from some of the arguments he makes, they're not terribly off base with No, them. they're not. Uh, so then Manfred got annoyed over the amount of money that's used to subsidize MILB, and he just basically doubled down his position. Uh, basically saying, look, we're giving them too much money, they're not giving enough in return, and we're not seeing enough benefit in return. Now, my question would be, okay, well then where else are your future players going to come from? Are yeah. they just going to come straight out of college into Major League Baseball, or you know, straight from foreign academies or high school into that, because I venture to say nine and a half out of 10 high school students are going to get lit up 
the oh, second yeah. they step oh. on a major league field. Oh, yeah. I mean, those leagues are so important, especially like short A and single A. Those developmental leagues early on are so important to um, younger players. And when you do what you got Manfred doing here is essentially saying is really spitting in the face of all these players who for years have not been paid well. I mean, they've just been paid terribly. And oh, then, yeah. you know, he's saying, oh, we're getting them too much money. What? Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. No, they're being trampled. So, minor league baseball obviously did what we all ex- called, what are you saying? That's wrong. The opposite is true. Right. In fact, we don't really need to be subsidized. We're the ones who who seen growing attendance. They're the ones who are having da- dropping attendance. Yeah. Yeah, we don't draw as much or make as much as, as major league baseball does. But all they really subsidize is our rosters. That's about it. Now, granted, that's a large chunk of the bill, but still... I mean, it's still something that is really important, uh, you know, and especially because, you know, to talk about this from just a player perspective standpoint, I mean, players are not getting, as we have stated, just stated a couple minutes ago, players are not getting paid enough in the minor league. They're not making a livable wage in single A. All right. They're just not. I mean, like, exactly. They're, they're, just not. they're getting 10 grand for the year. Yeah. And that's. <laughs> If they're lucky, I mean, it's exactly. just, it's crazy. And, and then for him to say just the audacity to get out there and say, Oh, this is terrible. And it's just like, we're paying them too much money. The, you know, MLIB is cash rich and they're not, uh, oh, yeah, they're <laughs> flush with cash. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, I don't understand the point of not paying them more. If these guys are supposed to be training to become major league players that are supposed to be productive players for your team, wouldn't you want to give them enough money where they could just focus solely? on becoming the best baseball player possible for you to either trade to another team that could better use them and give you something you need or to be a productive player for your own team. That just doesn't make sense to me that you go, yeah, you're only going to get 10 grand. Hopefully you make it through the year with that. Probably not. You're going to have to pick up some side gigs. Yeah, and, and just to point out, I mean, the Yankees, for example, the Yankees signed Garrett Cole to, I think it was like 324 Yeah, it was something ridiculous. Something like that. Right? Nine years, $324 million, something like that. And... So you've got this team that is spending all this money on one player, which is fine. I mean, that's the way free agency works, and the Yankees are the Yankees. They're going to do what they're going to do. There's nothing wrong with that. But then to say that you can't invest more money in the minor league system is ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous to, to, to act like you can do that. And obviously, I understand the Yankees are a different animal than a lot of smaller teams. But yeah. the point still stands that-, that if you're going to spend all this money in free agency, you should at least pass some of that organizational wealth down. Exactly. If you have billionaires owning a team, giving each player another even just 10 grand, 25 grand a year, it's not going to take that much out of a bottom line when everything's all said and done. And your options are for to try and give them more pay is, oh, I'll have to cut jobs elsewhere. No, you don't. You don't have to. You're doing that so that way you don't really lose anything. Right. I mean, and you look at this, uh, almost every Major League Baseball team probably makes money, right? I mean, yeah. uh, and a lot of it. Um, so I would suggest to, you know, Rob Manfred that he takes a look in the mirror. I mean, a little bit on this. Like, what are you doing? It seems like you're defrauding people who don't understand how the minor league system works, in my opinion. So then it gets better with Manfred. Oh boy. So he said, if, if minor league baseball is not willing to come back to the table, get a new uh, professional agreement signed, which basically allows the affiliated system to exist. If they're not willing to come to the table and discuss different terms that are more in our favor and more in what we would decide as fair, then we could just do away with affiliate ball and free up all our clubs to affiliate with whomever they'd like. 
No regional restrictions, no anything, no safe zones for New England only belongs to the Red Sox or Long Island belongs exclusively to the Mets while northern New Jersey is Met and Yankee or however it may be divvied up. Right, right. It's all, everything's fair. Independent teams, some are collegiate teams, whatever it may be, they're free to do as they please. And that was from the uh, Boston Globe, I believe it was. And so naturally, that's not... Uh, that's going nuclear, and that frankly, is going nuclear, yeah. Frankly, I think killing something like that, like the system they've had going, I could realistically see if they really do destroy the major, the minor league system, will have a worse effect on major league baseball than the strike did. Oh, 100 percent, hundred and fifty. This is where this is where fans are born in watching minor league baseball. Absolutely, you killed the minor league system. You've got a serious issue. Uh, one, obviously, there's probably a legal liability concern there as well. If mm. you do it, um, there could be you know problems there. Obviously, they'll you know make a big deal about it. Um, but yeah. it, more than that, it's absolutely like you're saying. From an independent league standpoint, it kills any team that doesn't get picked up as an affiliate. Just gone. Forget about it. You're useless. Like any you team survive. that is not affiliated, they just won't be able to survive. That'll be it. Yeah, because if you figure this much, you could you not see the Yankees going, okay, we'll take Rockland, we'll take Somerset, Somerset. and the Mets going, well, we'll take Long Island. Done. That makes sense. It's like you'll keep everything localized, and that's exactly what I think Major League Baseball wants. As we'll discuss later on, even with the partnership they've had with the Atlantic League, it definitely seems like uh, it's not working out the way everyone thought it was. Right. And I really have to question Manfred's office and Major League Baseball in general. I mean, if this is the route they're willing to go, what are they not willing to do at this point? You know exactly. what I mean? Like, they're yeah. willing to do anything. Like, oh, my goodness. Yep. And it gets even better because now you have bipartisan support of Congress just threatening Major League Baseball to take it easy and calm down. And when you have both parties on the same team. That's crazy, right? That's, it's rare and it's, it's not boding well for you. More importantly, though, the Congress does have certain powers that do make MLB a bit afraid. The two major things they can do is repeal the one act they passed earlier in 2018, which is the Save America Pastime Act, which basically says you're allowed to play affiliated minor league players below the minimum wage and pay them on an hourly basis. Now, what that hourly basis could mean could either be team activity, could either be team activity, so be practicing, uh, going to film the whole time that you're at the ballpark getting ready for the game, or it could just mean the time that you're physically playing the game from first pitch to uh, the final out, which obviously we know who's po- who's pushing for which end of that. And it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, and those yeah. things get repealed. I mean, Major League Baseball is making decisions that are going against their own benefit. I mean, it's not going to help them to... Cut away with yeah. uh, the MLIB. It's just not going to help. No. Oh, and it gets even better because the one other thing Congress can do that would really be bad for Major League Baseball. Currently, they are given an exemption from antitrust. Right. They're allowed right. to operate as a single operator. Yep. They stripped that away. That's big. That's huge against them. And, and you know, to tie this all back to the indie leagues, it would be devastating for independent yeah. league baseball to, to have this, like we were just saying before. I mean, there's no way that an indie ball team, like the Jackals, for instance, right? The Jackals yeah, are not going to get picked up. But, I mean, and if you have the, the Patriots and the Ducks and Ro- uh, Rockland, or excuse me, New York, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, New York, all uh, in one spot, all in one regional area, and you have the Yankees and the Mets and everything else – 
you're not going to go to an unaffiliated game because everything in the region is going to be affiliated. Exactly. It's just as close. Unaffiliated ball will be taking such a major hit. from like it's, it's almost hard to conceive how badly they're going to get hit from this, especially because you're going to have places like St. Paul, like Sugarland, like not New York, but still Rockland in my mind. Right, of course. Long Island, Somerset, we said. All these are very logical places to go with that. York and Lancaster, even. I'm sure the Phillies would take a look at that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Both beautiful ballparks ready to go. Yeah, Southern Maryland may even be a target for, say, Washington or Baltimore. Absolutely. Another great facility. Exactly. There's a lot of really nice facilities out there that make a lot of sense there. I'm sure a lot of the Chicago indie teams, too, a White Sox or a Cubs may be looking for that. I mean, Looking at the dogs a little bit, you know? Exactly. That's a brand new ballpark built in 2018 yeah so i'm sure they would love to have that for a double a park it's just it's gonna hurt so much if this happens and it's, yeah it's ridiculous and not it's to just, mention the jobs are gonna be lost oh this. the jobs the impact to just communities be decimated by this and like you're saying the great thing about the affiliated system is that you can have a tampa bay rays affiliated team in durham you know, yeah. you know, I mean, and that's what's so cool, right? Because you can have something that ties you to your major league organization from somewhere that's completely different in your minor league organization. It creates such a reach and it just ropes people into the game. Yep. And the thing that I don't think Major League Baseball is fully getting is that the minor league system is, like we've said in the past and like I've even said earlier today, it's how fans are created. Whether it's independent, affiliated, major league, whatever it may be. The more baseball, the better, because eventually you're going to go, well, I want to see the best, and the best are in Major League Baseball. Right. And that's just the natural progression. And in a lot of communities like those out in Utah, those out in Wyoming, Iowa, Montana, Montana, even Washington State for a large part, Oregon, a lot of big areas, some with population, some without, their minor league team is the only exposure to baseball they're going to have. A lot of people probably aren't ever going to see a game in person alive. What they're going to see is it on TV, but if you're only watching the game on TV, you've never been there in person, you never had that kind of grassroots thing growing up, and the first time you really start watching baseball is in your 20s, you're a lot less likely to follow it in the same passion as someone that's been following since they were five, six, seven years old. Absolutely. I and mean, the first time I walked into Somerset Patriot Stadium, I was, you know, five years old. I mean, and that's the way it is, right? And that's why you have a lifelong fan that you build at that young stage. And then, of course, yeah, okay, you're a, you're a Somerset Patriots fan. And then, like you said, the progression happens and you move on. Okay, let me see about other minor league teams and then let me see major league. And that's typically how it works for a lot of people. Yep. And if you don't have that, the MLB is already struggling like minor leagues and independent leagues are not because they're always going to have that family entertainment bit and there's always going to just be that kind of they're not seriously following it they're just kind of like going out to the ballpark for the night i mean we talked about how uh the long island team presence in the past the baseball is not secondary but it's the experience of the ballpark that we're focusing on and that's key. And the experience is going to be there, whether you, you know, do it, whether, um, you know, the experience is so, uh, integral to everything that's going on in independent and minor league baseball that if you don't have fans getting that experience, going to ballparks, going to games, major league baseball can forget it. They're already struggling because they're not as, it's not as exciting of a game as they're basketball. They're not figuring out how to adapt it. And their version of adapting is, oh, we'll change the rules. That's what people want to see. That's what people really want. Yeah. And it's like, no, we don't want to see you change the rules. What we want to see is, you know, be more interactive. There's a lot of things you could do at a ball game to be more interactive. Right. I mean, already you're extending the netting out because people are on their phones and also it's hard to catch a huge, like, 
fastball right off the bat. Oh, yeah. You get a 100-mile-an-hour exit velo on some of those uh, balls coming at your face. You might want to have that net there. Exactly. There's a lot of reasons for the netting. So if you're going to have that up there, you can do more like engagement with people on their phones because you already know people are going to be on their phones at the game. Right. We get them engaged there. Do more things in between innings. Try to get people involved even during play. There's ways you can get involvement going. Absolutely. There's ways to get involvement going, and there's no need to pare down the MLIB system. You know what? If you if they were going to tell me they were going to cut a couple of teams that were really struggling, I can Or the understand. facilities were or really the, bad. Yeah, right. The facilities were really bad. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But this is irrational. This is not using logic. This is just being in an irrational, almost authoritarian style of this is what you're going to do because we're stronger than you and we're going to do it this way. And it's unfortunate that they have taken this route because it doesn't seem like something they needed to do. Exactly. It's just, it's just they're flexing their muscle and they're saying, we want more. And what it looks an awful lot like is they have a golden goose at the moment and they're going to say, we're going to kill it because it costs too much to feed. And it's going to save you pennies comparatively. Right. When in the long run, you could be making these fans and really you should be supporting them by doing more. Because especially to bring them back to independent leagues to kind of wrap it up. There's a lot of times where you'll see a guy and you'll be a lot more interactive with these guys. I mean, oh, how many yeah. times when you leave and they do the whole jersey buy thing for the special jersey night and stuff and you see them in the concourse handing it out oh, and yeah. talking to guys. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you'll see that more than in the major leagues. Cause oh, a lot more. Major leagues are a higher level. You're kind of getting in the zone to play that game. Of course, you always have some guys that are signing or throwing a ball into the stands for a kid or whatever it may right. be. Mm-hmm. But by and large, a lot of them are just getting ready for the game that's going to be happening in you know 30 minutes, hour. Right. These guys, they're just they're chilling around. They're enjoying the fact they're playing baseball. It's not that they're not taking it seriously. Of course, they are. Right. But they're interacting a lot more with the people. So. It's a little bit more of a relaxed atmosphere. Exactly. So how many times do you really get to know a player and then you just kind of follow them along as they go along? Oh, yeah. Conrad Gregor. I mean, we've done it with a whole bunch of guys. Exactly. There's tons of guys here where you still go, oh, I wonder where he's up to. And you look him up and you go, oh, good. He's in double A or he's in triple A. Like I hope he keeps going. Ross Detweiler, for example. Oh, he, yeah. You know, he, you know, he just got recently got signed, right? And yep. so you've got all these guys that we know um, and either we know of or we've seen play or yeah. even, you know, we've kind of interacted with a little bit um, at games and things. And so it's it's really interesting to, to have that experience. And that adds a whole different experience to what is going on. And if, to get rid of that would be just so devastating uh, to, I think, just baseball fans in general. Anyone who yeah. likes baseball should be really devastated by this news. Or, or the potential. Yeah, I don't want to say the potential yeah, where this could go wrong. Potential this, yeah. this could happen. And obviously, this will be decided. It needs to be done by uh, the 30th of September, but odds are it will be set one way or the other by June or July because obviously teams need to plan for their 2021 season and what they're going to do with that. So I would say if by opening day we're not making significant progress, uh, man, for maybe taking the nuclear approach. but Yeah. Well, I'll kind of move on now to the few other topics we have here. Like I said, it's going to be a quicker show, but not much you could do, and there's no news to talk about. Three Rivers, they got a new stadium name. They've been doing a lot of initiatives to try and generate more revenue. Just And one of them was selling the stadium naming rights. So for the next three years, the bowling alley, Quillorama. I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that wrong because it's French, and I'm pronouncing it in English. <laughs> but they will hold the rights. It's just a bowling alley for... The Three Rivers area in Quebec. You know what? Good for them. They're making money. They're doing it. I, I support that. I appreciate that. You know, it's uh, if the Miami Dolphins can rename their stadium 3,000 different times, then go for it. Tree, trade revoir. I mean, there's not much to say. It's funny they picked the bowling alley. Okay, why place. a bowling alley, though? <laughs> like, oh, 
we go after the same type of people, so why not? You know, yeah, you like, know what? Good enough. Hey, I mean, like, good for them. Good for them. Good yeah. for you, kid. In any case, we'll move on to the Sport Techie Award. I Ooh. know this sounds really high class, which it's actually surprisingly nominates a lot of people. Like, there's a lot of uh, major league professional athletes involved in this, uh, a lot of major league clubs that get involved in this, and the ALPB got nominated for Ooh. something that's... Uh, what some may say is controversial, the track man. Oh, the track man. Everyone loves the track man. Uh. <laughs> On some level, even if it's negative. <laughs> it's a love to hate. Yeah. All right. So in any case, they were, they were nominated in the category of Outstanding Innovation. Uh, it's up against some major league things, and the winner will be announced in the new year, January 2nd, to be specific. But uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's imp- to stick with the positive, because this is essentially a positive thing, and we'll go in on them once we finish with this topic, which will be shortly. It's good to see they got nominated. It's good to see that they're being considered in the same group as a bunch of major league things, and yeah, that yeah. something like this is going to happen. I mean, we know it's going to take over everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it'll, the inevitability of this program is going to happen. I mean, like, everyone who's saying that there's not this is not going to be the future of baseball is just wrong. I mean, there's going to be some type of automation involved in balls and strikes because it's too high leverage, uh, especially in like, you know, game seven of the World Series. You can't have an umpire blow a call and, and that cost you the game. Exactly. It just doesn't work. So it's good to see they're up there and it's also good to get their name out there more and whatnot. So it works for that. It's good for the Atlantic League. Uh, obviously, this is the one thing that is always uh, from the beginning that we've talked about. This is why it's good is because it gets name recognition. You know, when we first, we weren't that, uh, that far into actually having done the podcast when this news broke and you know we were getting you know left and right people asking us uh you know what is this alpb deal what is the atlantic league how does it work and so you know obviously that's the one thing is name recognition however (laughs) as we're about to talk about there's also some problems yep all right so i think we can move to the problems now and that mainly stems from i believe it's scott showman yep former pitcher for the barn stormers Probably will be back or in the league again if this issue does get resolved. If not, he'll be looking elsewhere. The main issue is he went to try and go get his trackman data because he wanted to show that to Major League Scouts and go look at all I got. As one does. Yep. You know, as what was promised. You would assume the players have the right to their own data. Of course. That's apparently not the case. As as the Atlantic League is just not releasing that to him. Now, I'm not sure how that works. I'm not sure the whole specifics about it. But as I'm pretty sure you could tell by our reactions, uh, this is a major problem. Uh, you can't just be holding people's data hostage. Uh, I'm not sure if there's somewhere in the player contract that says, oh, no, we're not holding it hostage. They just don't own the rights to it or something like that, because it's possible they signed that right away. Now, I think that's something that should have been made more clear. It should have been made evident on signing that contract or it should have been made notified. But... Just it's just a bad way of doing business in my mind. Oh, it's a bad way of doing business. Why else is this deal in any way useful if the players can't get their data? What what are we doing here? What does this do? Like I kind of a break if they've already had that data available and it was in some sort of a portal where maybe the players can access it, but you would be able to have scouts access. So a major league portal where then Strowman could just go to the scouts, go, look me up in the portal, I'm there. Absolutely. I could get that, but it's clearly not evident there, because obviously he wants to show the scouts his stuff, 
that means the scouts don't have access to it either. Exactly. And also, he shouldn't have access to it just on his own. I mean, what if he wants to use it for something that's not, you know, showing scouts? What if he wants to show it and say, well, this is what I did when I was playing in the Atlantic League, and now I want to have a training camp where everybody comes and, you know, I'm going to do lessons for baseball, I'm going to do hitting lessons, and here's my exit velocity, and here's, uh, you know, all the different statistics that exactly. break down, you know, versus this track map. Yep, you could show from here to here by doing this technique, even if you want to transition to coaching. This is something that could be useful. Yeah. And it, it just shows a lot more to have that kind of data, which was a big appeal and a big selling point. Well, a lot of players were like, oh, I like the possibility of that. Um, not big on the strike zone thing, but the possibility of having my own data is huge. It was huge. It was a game changer. And now you've got this again. Another thing where the Major League Baseball seems to promise one thing and they kind of get another. Exactly. This is just... It's frustrating to see this constantly happen because it's always the same story again and again and again. And you got to start to wonder how much longer are you going to be able to get the quality of town players that you're going to see because there are other options. And again, clearly, and every day, you know, this, these stories pass, the frontier league becomes a better option for some of these guys. It really does. Going back to why did they put that age limit? Oh, the age limit is uh, crushing. It is so crushing at this point because you could be stealing guys left and right. Imagine if you could have like, you know, I don't know, like a, bring back a Matt Latos into this league or something like that. You know, I yeah. mean, you could really do good things, but it's just, uh, I mean, you know, you could have a lot of spots where you have a lot of great veteran players in there. And now they've just done it away with it with this silly, I mean, just silly rule. And the thing is, too, they don't even need to have it like there's no age limit at all or there's no restriction. Right. But just having the four exemptions is just so stupid. Make it even. Yeah, seven, eight works. You have eight there, have your 10 rookie minimum, and then make the rest be, you know, veterans in the league or whatever it may be. Whatever, you know, just like the. I mean, I I really think you could even just do away with an age minimum. We don't really need it. Like, this is a professional baseball league. Give me a break. I know, it's just such a missed opportunity. And it's, it's frustrating to see mistakes be made again and again. And they're the same mistakes. And, you know, there's only one hero that can really save us. Pinch the blue crab. I mean, without Pinch the Blue Crab, what would we do? What would the Atlantic League do? There's only one person who can get that TrackMan data, and it's Pinch the Blue Crab. He's got to go in, and he's got to shimmy down into the MLB, the AOPB headquarters, and he's got to do it like a little James Bond style and go get it. I'm telling you, that's what he's going to do. Excuse me while I grab my eyes off the floor. They <laughs> rolled off my head. <laughs> You're just jazzed because you got the Pinch the Blue Crab shirt. I'm just jazzed because my Christmas present was a Pinch the Blue Crab shirt from you, and I'm so happy about it. I'm thrilled. I'm ecstatic. Now we just need to get those peanuts. Oh, we get the peanuts. So when we go down to Southern Maryland, we got to wear the we're shirt. We're going to wear the shirt. We're going to get the peanuts. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be, be a great beautiful. time. Oh, we're going to love it. We're going to love it. But yeah, this round off the topic, it's just, it's annoying to see this kind of a thing happen. And it's annoying for us as fans who really oh, yeah. just have fandom and involved in this for players that are trying to make a career out of baseball or trying to do other things for their life that involve baseball is even more frustrating because it's like you didn't do it at all but you still got the negatives of it it's it's just a terrible situation that hopefully it's resolved absolutely in all seriousness we you know have covered this from the beginning and it's really sad to see that these guys are not getting the data that they deserve quite frankly in my opinion they really do need that data and it is to me what makes this uh, you know, deal important and what makes it integral to kind of moving forward in in its place in the Atlantic League. Why have the deal, as I've said multiple times, if it doesn't do something good for the players? So, yeah. 
Anyway, so we'll move on to the final thing we got on the day. It's kind of a, in the spirit of Christmas, it's kind of our, our wish list, if you would. Ooh. It's, uh, one, th- it's going to be one thing that you really want to see going forward for the, in the new year, 2020. We'll do a whole decade wrap up next week because that'll be our last show of the decade, which is Ooh. weird to say. It is weird to say. And plus, it makes it sound like, you know, we've been around a lot longer than we are. So it adds, like, kind of this full prestige thing. So I love aged. that. It makes us wise. It looks like we've been around for forever, not just the past 11 months, <laughs> which is still a fairly long time. But any event, any event. Any event. Yeah, so we'll pick one thing that you want to get from Indie Ball next year. So one thing you'd like to see them implement or something like that. And then one thing you're going to give to Indie Ball next year. One th- suggestion you'd have for them. So I guess my one suggestion, one thing that I'd like to see is I would like to see the Frontier League expand, really grow. I'd like to see some renovations done to the ballparks or at least some promises of some renovations to be done to some of these ballparks. The opening steps. Of- right. The opening steps of a, cause I really think that the Frontier League is key to, uh, kind of fortifying independent league baseball and really making it strong because they are going to be that second, right now they're that second tier market. And if they can not, I mean, I don't know if they'll even the playing field with the ALPB. And they have that opportunity with everything that's going on yeah. that we've talked about. But obviously, they're not going to be able to do that. But if they're able to just readjust it a little bit, I would really like to see a lot of those teams, as kind of Dorso alluded to in the press conference, you know, kind of really beefing up this league, adding, what do they think he said, like six teams? Or yeah, something I like want that. to go to a 20 team league. 20 team league. Like, which things, is crazy. Which is, it is crazy, but that's awesome. I mean, I think that's great. I think it expands if done well and done correctly. It can really help. And so that's what I want to see is the Frontier League continue to grow and expand, uh, obviously, after this expansion. I think it would be very something I'm very interested in and something I hope for uh, for the season. And the thing that I would give, my advice I would give to uh, is to the Atlantic League. And I would say be careful with Major League Baseball. As we've seen mm-hmm. is that, you know, this deal is something that is been mostly you know pretty good for the most part right now i mean the rule changes we've quibbled and quabbled a little bit about it but for the most part it's been pretty good but as we get into this really sticky situation with the contract negotiations things can get a little hairy and so i would say my one like advice to uh, the atlantic league is simply just be careful with things and don't give up too much autonomy because the biggest thing that they have is the fact that they are independent clubs and they are autonomous of anything other than the Atlantic League. And so I think that is an important thing. It was something we discussed um, way back when when we discussed the initial uh, deal. Great things to give, great things to receive. I do agree a lot with the Frontier League and the expansion thing. The one thing I would caution, though, is I want to see them do it right. I don't want to see them just go, we need six teams, so let's pick six places. It's got to be six good teams, yeah. I want six good markets. Uh, I'm not sure if I include Ottawa in that as much as I'm sure the Ottawa fans are going to debate me on that. I just haven't seen enough stability there yet, even though I do like the ownership group. Again, we've talked about places there. Old Orchard Beach is one that we'd like to see. Yep. Um, Atlantic City could be one. I'm sure uh, Woodbridge, Virginia is another one. That's another good one, yeah. team we used to play. And then there's a couple of other ones. That we talked about across. the one in Texas. That was a good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Woodlands. Woodlands yeah. yeah, Woodlands. There's a bunch of locations there that could work, and it's just I want them to pick the right ones and don't rush into it. Yep, absolutely. Do it right so it lasts a while. Don't just rush it. The one thing I would like to see kind of grow is I want to see more of these kind of like smaller like California League teams like the Pacific Association, the new supposed Western League, a professional baseball, the Empire League. I want to see them grow. I want to see them kind of go to that next level and really start to develop. The Empire League's getting there. 
where they are basically rookie ball of indie ball, where they do filter a lot of guys on to higher levels of indie ball, even sometimes associated, you know, affiliated minor leagues. Right. So they're definitely getting there. What I'd like to see, though, is more of those California leagues or one of those Western leagues really jump up and become that premier West Coast indie league team. Because right now, that area is pretty devoid of it. And I understand it's very hard to make it work for a lot of reasons. Yeah. None of which are not lowest of which is not even the climate, but also cost point and a whole bunch of other factors. So I'd like to see one of them jump up. That's the only thing I really want to see. Maybe not jump up to a huge height. But at least start to gain some prominence and gain some significance and really be able to go and this time next year point to and go, they're, they're the league to watch. They have a lot of potential. And then the one thing, the one advice, the one thing I'd give is, again, it's going to the Frontier League and to a lot of leagues in general. That's why I was just saying, be very careful with your expansion plans. Don't just rush into it. Know for certain you have it. Don't just rush into Pawtucket because it's open. Don't just rush into Ottawa because it's open. Don't just go really hard in the paint on everything. Go really, really slow. Take it carefully. Take it slowly. Get the ownership group figured out. Then get the stadium figured out. Then get everything. Get all your ducks in a row before you shoot. When you take your shot, make sure everything's lined up. So that way, 20 years from now, we go, remember when this team was founded and now they're one of the best in whatever league they're in. That's the thing I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, those two are absolutely fantastic. I, I mean, I think the, the your last point is so important because if you just expand, as we saw with New Britain, it's heart-wrenching to see these teams leave. I mean, these fans are devastated, and you don't want to see that time and time and time again. Let's do it right, and let's keep them there for 20, 30 years. And so this way, you have a generation of people who really have gone to games, and it's a family thing, and they love it. And then you can stay there for a really long term. So I, I think that was a great one. And, you know, I think overall, you just make it really good point that there needs to be you know a lot of these leagues uh, that step up so you need to have these littler leagues your empire league even maybe your pecos league mm. make that next step and let's see it let's see some of these leagues step up especially on like the west coast where there's a market that is untapped uh, and is just seems to be ready for it and obviously there are extenuating circumstances but let's do it let's see what happens let's see if we can make it work yep and then the one last thing i want to mention too is the, i want to receive an advice i'd give Kind of a combo of the two. Gastona, when you pick your name and you pick the colors and everything, please don't do anything stupid. Please look at what Florence did and do the opposite of that. Okay? <laughs> do what do what High Point did. There we go. Do fun things like High Point. Be more like them. Don't be like Florence where the top two names are either the no socks or fossil jockeys. Don't the, do that. And the then, y'alls. Yep. And also when you do announce the name and stuff, if you decide that you want to wait a little bit closer, kind of like when High Point announced everything. And you want to announce before Christmas? Again, don't do what Florence did and wait until like Christmas Day to announce the name. Go and announce it beforehand in November so that way you can sell merchandise. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you're, that is spot on because, wow, what a Florence has done is they have butchered it. I mean, the freedom, they should just let they it like freedom. The, yeah, everyone in the area liked freedom. I understand new ownership group taking over. You want to put your mark. Just change the change the logo. Just change the uniform. It. Don't change the name. Don't the name's the good. Name. It's good. It's good. It's a good name. It was such a good, good alliteration. And now what do we have? Now, now we have the Y'alls, the yeah. Fossil Jockeys. 
there's a couple no more. socks no socks like get out of here there's like, two other really bad ones it's just silly it's silly it's not a serious name i mean it doesn't have to be a serious name got the it's iron minor league pigs baseball. yeah it's fun, it's, but it needs to be fun though but it needs to be fun and creative but freedom was fun and creative and light and you know cool it didn't have it doesn't have to be you know sometimes with fan driven content it's really good until it's not you know what i mean like and so hype the whole Flor- was florence freedom yeah alliteration was great yeah any case there so i think we're just about done here we'll move the miners back to next week here uh because we're probably gonna need the content then so we'll yeah. <laughs> back there we'll talk about them next week we'll also do a decade review next week we'll have a whole bunch of fun things planned we got something in the pipeline too that is going to be real fun we'll announce that next week though once we get everything hammered out on that front but until then we're going to give you the old uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, the whole nine. Whole nine. Yep. It's the holiday season. Hanukkah starts tomorrow. It's at the time we're recording this. Christmas is in about four days from the time we're recording this. So happy holiday season to everyone there. Yeah, happy holiday season, everybody. Uh, make sure you listen, subscribe, rate, review. We're on all the podcatchers. And also make sure you follow Pinch the Blue Crab. You can follow us on TuneIn, Stitcher, Podify, um, Podomatic, Spotify itunes apple podcast uh let's see tune in i think i said that but i'm not sure but any case basically like you just said anywhere you can get podcasts you probably can get ours so do everything he just told you to do you can find us on twitter at indie ball pod you can find us on instagram at indie ball report you can find us on youtube at indie ball report podcast and you can find everything that you find on all of those platforms on the website indieballreport.com you can also find articles and whatnot there, too. They're fun, and there should be a new article coming up soon, as well as extra content over the next few weeks. That being said, anything left to add? Um, just make sure you enjoy your holiday season, and absolutely make sure to like, rate, subscribe, and review. And with that being said, nothing else left to add. We'll end this as we end every episode. Happy holidays to everyone, and don't forget to play ball. Ball.